Thanks for tuning into this episode of PageCast, proudly brought to you by Jonathan Ball Publishers. In today's chat, Joanne Lefson and Brandon DeCock chat about Pig Casso, the painting pig that saved a sanctuary. When Joanne Lefson took on a piglet at her animal shelter, the young sow proceeded to eat everything in her stable but a paintbrush. In a flash of inspiration, Joanne attempted to introduce the pig to the art of painting, and thus Picasso was born. Starting out with a humble canvas on the sanctuary wall, Picasso's paintings are now owned by the likes of George Clooney. She has a Swatch watch design partnership, a wine label, and has eclipsed the previous world record for animal art. She's been commissioned by Nissen and has had exhibitions in Cape Town, Munich and Amsterdam, and most recently in China. More than that, Picasso's art funds the food and veterinary services for all the animals at the sanctuary. Picasso is the story of the unique pig and the circumstances that brought her and Joanne together to take the art world by storm and form a unique and unbreakable bond. Enjoy this episode of PageCast. Uh, well, hello, and uh, here we are on PageCast. It's quite nice. I'm normally on the other side of the of the microphone, but it's it's good to be in the interviewer's chair today. So uh, my name's Brandon. Well, a lot of people, most people have had a career. I've had more like a compendium of games, lots of different things, lots of weird things. But there's a common thread, which is a storyteller. So I've been super lucky. I've told a lot of my own stories with pens and photographs and stuff over the years. But been very, very lucky to have done the opposite and help other people tell their stories over the years quite a lot as an editor of magazines and books and in various ways. And that's really why I'm here today. Because just around lockdown, just after lockdown, I think it was just after lockdown, a slightly crazy old friend of mine phoned me and said, would you like to have a cup of coffee? I'd love you to help me write a book. I've got this idea for a book about a pig that paints. Uh, it's a pig that paints that sold a couple of hundred thousand rands worth of paintings already. And, and I was like, stop, 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 stop. I'm not into fiction. Fiction's not my bag. Uh, and then she turned around and said, no, I don't think you understand. It's, <laughs> it's the story of something that's already happened. It was a story about a pig. Um, the pig's called Picasso. I was one of thousands of Cape Tonians who probably had never heard of Picasso. And it turns out that Picasso is indeed a painting pig. This is a real story. This was a this was a history. So that's what this project was all about. I'm very pleased to say I was part of it. So Picasso, the pig can't be here with us today, but fortunately, she sent her collaborator, uh, the person who looks after her, her mentor, her personal assistant, and importantly, somebody who can actually read and write in the English language. <laughs> so how's it, Joe? How lucky to be sitting at a table with Joanne Lefson. Picasso's mother. <laughs> oink, oink, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, thanks for being a part of this today and also for the whole journey that we've been on to write this book and to share this incredible story of this painting pig who has really now seven years down the line inspired millions of people around the world and yeah, supporting a, an animal sanctuary in Frantic at the same time. So it's been a great journey. It's been a lot of fun. Something that's really changed my life um, for the better. And I'm just glad that we were able to really write this book and to present it in such a way that gives justice to Picasso's ultimate rags to riches story. Hmm. How long ago was it we actually wrote it? Now? I, I keep thinking it was a year ago, but it was actually longer, wasn't it? The vagaries of publishing. Well, I think in the publishing game, it always takes, you know, you write the book and then it, of course, takes always probably another year or two before it actually gets yeah. published. So by the time it comes out, like now, it's sort of like, oh, yeah, we wrote this book, you know, but for everybody else, it's very current. But I rescued 
Picasso back in 2016. It was when the sanctuary was first started in Franschuk. She was the very first rescued farm animal. The organization was always going to be about rescuing animals that come from industrialized factory farming practices and finding ways to inspire people to look at farm animals differently. Mm. And that's very much how the story all began, seven years down the road. And to answer your question on that, we started writing this book we had that meeting about three years ago. Is it that long? Okay. And then it was about a year journey of writing it, and yeah. then two years for the publishers to publish it. So, But interestingly, it's not actually your first book, is it? You did, because most people struggle to get out one book about their life. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've managed two. The The first one was, was about Oscar, your, your, your rescue dog, right? Yes. Well, it's funny. It's one of those situations where you, even now, I think, gosh, do I really paint with a pig? You know, sometimes I've got to scratch my head and think, maybe am I dreaming this? Because even for me, it's still like an unbelievable thing to think that this actually this 500 kilogram pig but yeah so around the world uh, was my journey uh, around the world with an incredible dog called Oscar that I adopted from a local shelter back in 2004 again this animal completely changed my life Oscar was going to be euthanized within within a day of me adopting him and yet wherever I went with this dog everybody wanted to know where they could get such an incredibly cute well-behaved stunning dog and they mm. couldn't believe it was from a shelter and that journey was all about a different way to market a shelter dog in a in a in a cool positive inspiring way to get people to go and adopt these great dogs at shelters and I'm glad you brought that point out because it was only because of Oscar that Picasso even arrived on the scene because when Oscar passed away in 2013 I went to Franschuk to um, to actually open up a dog adoption center. That's how I ended up in Franschuk. And I had this extra piece of property adjacent to where the adoption center was going to go. And I didn't know what to do on it. And I'd always wanted to rescue some farm animals. And that was how this journey with Picasso mm. began. I remember being intensely jealous of Oscar because I don't know if you remember, but you were writing for me for a golf magazine when you were traveling around the world with Oscar. And you'd send these crazy pictures of like, here's me and Oscar at the pyramids. And I was like, ah. And then I was like, here's Brandon and, you know, Bronkhorst Sprite writing, you know. Okay, so let's let's skip forward to Picasso, the pig that saved the sanctuary. You know, when I look back on it, I think there's kind of, it's a, it's an interesting book, obviously. <laughs> obviously, I think it's interesting because we helped you write it. It's kind of, there's a story, which is your story. Um, but to me, there's also, I think one of the reasons that I enjoyed working on the project with you is because I think we both share a common desire to sort of challenge the status quo. You know, it's as simple as that. It's the old cliched rebellion against the rebel, with, so, the rebel with the cause. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I love doing it in this in this way because, you know, I'm not an animal. I don't have a, an animal activism streak in me, but I certainly have a challenging authority streak. And there are these three kind of buckets of challenge for me in the book, which are all integral to the story. So I thought maybe let's jump around on those three. So the first one is is actually almost like a challenge to reality because it is that thing that I talked about when you first approached me. And I kind of went, what do you mean a pig's painting? And what do you mean you've sold a couple of like at the time, it was just over a million rands worth of paintings overall. Now, I know South African artists who've worked damn hard who haven't even come close to selling, you know, 100,000 rands worth of paintings. So there's a success thing. There's an almost like, is this true part, which is a challenge in itself. The second challenge, I think, is the direct one to the art world, which I really love, um, <laughs> because there's this big fat chunk in the middle of the book about what is art and what is the challenge that Picasso presents to the art world? And then the third one is very much a challenge about us and our relationship with the planet and animals in particular. 
So let's talk about all three of those, um, starting with the like the reality. I mean, how how did it actually happen? How did you first start painting <laughs> with the pig? Well, the listeners have to go and buy the book to find ah. that out, is what my publisher would tell me. But just to crack it in a, in a few minutes, basically acquired this piece of property, as I mentioned, back in 2016, and it was time to bring in the very first farm animal. I was actually, on the day that I arranged to acquire these two pigs at a local factory farming facility, I was having the most divine lunch at a, at a wine farm in the area. And the last thing I felt like doing was leaving it to go and rescue two pigs from a not very inspiring place. A hog farm today is not a typical farm from our childhood memories. They are factory farms. They are concrete buildings that you would never associate uh, raising animals in. And they're hidden away from public view because people would never support these industries if they knew how these animals were raised. So anyway, I sobered up and I decided to go. That was my day. And I mm. went to a local hog farm and I managed to acquire these two little piglets. Of course, one would end up being named and called Picasso. Quite but, like the word, we just used the word acquire to describe acquired. basically a crime. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, what makes you think it was a crime? <laughs> Cut. Um, no, it wasn't. Um, I, you know, when people try and define me as an animal activist, it conjures up these negative images of someone that's doing something illegal that goes in with usually with a gun or something and breaks in and damages property to save an animal. I'm not saying I'm opposed to that, but that's not my way of mm. doing things. I did it very, when I say professionally, I spoke to the owner and um, I did it in a nice way that wasn't going to uh, threaten the reputation or um, be in a position where these rescued pigs could ever be taken away from me. So it was all done above board. Yeah, so I brought these two piglets back to the farm and having a background in zoology, knew that pigs are very smart uh, animals, they would need entertainment or I would probably end up with a barn completely eaten and destroyed by their curiosity. So threw in some tennis balls, golf balls, as you know, I had plenty mm. of those lying around just to see, you know, that they could be entertained by them. And this one piglet was fascinated by some old brushes that were also lying in the stall. And instead of eating and destroying these brushes, she played with them, found the bristles quite interesting. And I immediately, having also a little bit of a creative side to me, thought, my goodness, maybe this pig wants to paint. <laughs> and uh, really, it didn't take long with a little bit of positive reinforcements and, of course, tweaking these brushes in a, such a way that she would be able to pick them up a lot easier and fit into her mouth. It didn't take long before she had grabbed the concept of picking up a brush and walking towards a blank canvas that I'd left in her stall. And from that moment, the rest is history. Mm. It didn't take long for her to crack the concept. And it's been an incredible seven and a half year journey where, like you mentioned, she sold millions of rands of art around the world from Kazakhstan to California. And there's a lot of reasons why I think people have invested in the art. But yeah, that's pretty much how it started. And it's just been one of those incredible projects that has just gone the right way has gone in an, an amazing way. It funds uh, the proceeds from the artworks, fund the sanctuary. It funds uh, all the other animal rescues that we do. And of course, there will come a day where Picasso won't paint anymore. And then the sanctuary is in good standing for the indefinite future. And those of us with Picasso, well, I, mean, I would never, I would never wish Picasso's demise. But I mean, you know, it, uh, those, the works can only increase in value. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay, well, while we add it, let's flip on to the art side of things and that, that challenge to art. I love the idea of uh, that we, we went through quite a lot of discussion in the middle part of the book about what you want Picasso to represent and what those challenges are. And one of the lovely ideas is this thing that art is really worth what somebody is willing to pay for it. 
You know, it's, a, it's one of the many theories that we kind of talk around. So let's just try and position that a little bit. I mean, the first, you first saw the first painting in? 2016, I think, right at the end, okay. a small little painting. So you've got like five years of sales. How many works of art do you think you've sold roughly in the in the five? Not, not the prints, but like original works. Gosh, I would say about uh, f- maybe 500 artworks, yeah. original artworks. So it's a, it's a lot, eh? And there are some pretty, I mean, let, let's name drop. Come on, let's name drop. <laughs> There's some pretty famous people who sit with Picassos, right? So so let's also, just for the sake of of those who don't know the work that that well, a lot of the, the works that you've done together, there's a point where you stop. We'll talk about the process in a moment. But there's a point where you go, hey, that looks like, and then you'll stop. Okay. So, for example, there was one that looked a little bit like a bull. In fact, it looked very much like the logo for a very famous tennis player, <laughs> right? So, is, I mean, is that true? Does the, is there a Picasso that now sits in the lobby of um, of Rafa Nadal's academy? Oh, absolutely. That's a real one. Being a big tennis fan, that was a huge thing for us. A background behind that particular painting is definitely a collaboration with Picasso. I select the colors because pigs see colors very differently. The one great thing when she's painting is that we have the sense of communication between us. So if I see, for example, in this case, she almost did the exact logo of Rafa Nadal, and I was able to make her drop the brush in order to keep that wonderful design that she had done as opposed to continuing to paint over it. And as soon as I did that painting, we posted it. um, And yeah, she was, uh, we we got the call and there was only one place that that was going to end up and that was in Spain. So that was a very special artwork. And there's been others. I mean, Dr. Jane Goodall, who's also done the forward of the book, has acquired two works of art now. George Clooney has an artwork. Um, I have to say the Jane Goodall thing, it was that's still one of my funniest moments of this whole book was when you said very casually, you're like, and I think Jane Goodall, uh, we, uh, Jane Goodall is going to do a forward. And I was like, I want, it can't be the Jane Goodall. It must be like your old biology teacher or something. <laughs> and then and then you sent me that email. It was like, dear Joe, sign Jane, you know, like Dame Jane Goodall. Um, amazing. So she's got she's got two works. Well, she's actually, she's got one. She's going to be getting the original painting that actually sits on the cover of the book. Of oh, the cover of the book. So, and she will be visiting the sanctuary um, at the end of February. So she will acquire that painting there. And I'm very excited to give that to her. I'm very grateful for what she does. It was a huge thing. It was so, such an honor and so much gratitude for her for putting her name on this book for all the right reasons. Mm. So, yeah, the least that Picasso and I can do is give her that original painting. And by the way, it was actually a pig that she, that she knew when she was growing up as a young child on vacations with her parents that actually inspired her whole career with chimpanzees. Mm. So I think she also has a big heart for pigs, which Soft is why she was, for yeah, for sure. So to fast track that story a bit, you know, one of the, when we first started talking about the book, I remember you saying that you had a hope at the time, which was that, that there was this sort of record that we had in our sights, which was for Picasso to become the biggest selling non-human artist in history. Um, I still remember that cup of coffee and you kind of, um, we were saying, but are we going to finish the book before it happens or is there a chance of it happening before we finish the book? And so there was a crazy kind of like point in time where this might actually happen. And without, I mean, it's not spoiling the plot, but it does actually, it did happen. Tell me about that. What was the, and originally it was a chimp who held the record, right? Yeah, there was a chimp called Congo. And that was, he actually, um, this chimp actually sat in the London Zoo in the 60s and 70s. And uh, in the early 2000s, there was an auction in London and three of this chimp's artwork sold for, I think it was $15,000 or pounds at the time. So of course, I mean, it wasn't a case of Picasso taking on another animal. It was more about, yeah, it would be fun to make a record, uh, 
again, for the right reasons in the sense of showing the, the credibility of Picasso's artwork and also giving a lot of credibility to a farm animal, which, let's face it, only time they ever get any notoriety is in an advert for a, for a beef stew or pork chop or something. So, yeah, that was just a wonderful, a wonderful record to break for those reasons. Um, it was and called Wild and Free. Yeah, it sold to a proper collector as well. Yeah, I mean, a collector. A, yeah, a big collector. fan of Picasso. Yeah, we had posted a few things on social media as Picasso was painting it because it was a, over three meters in length so it went on for a number of weeks and he emailed us and said he wants first option to purchase this this painting which of course he ended up acquiring yeah it was sold for twenty five thousand dollars uh broke the world record we got a great uh, amount of media around that picasso always gets great media when an artwork sells for a significant amount of money because i think there's still that part of the human the human animal that cannot believe that a, a non-human actually can do something <laughs> okay a little bit better sometimes as well as humans right so so we we loved that PR, and of course that was always great for the century. It was great for the mission. It was great for the whole message. And um, yeah, it's um, it was a great painting. Tell me quickly about the. Uh, I'm, always, I'm always fascinated about um, about the kind of your paintings now. When you sign them, it's Picasso, and she signs it with her snout, which is really quite beautiful. Um, there are very few people out there who have books signed by Picasso as well. But she signs with a snout. And in the early days, you just signed it Picasso. But but you've changed that now so that it is actually Lefts and Picasso. So you're almost you're considering it a collaboration. But I always wonder this idea of, of her kind of in five years of painting, has she gone through clear periods of painting in your mind? Like if you look at the early painting, she must have been a tiny little pig. And now she's like this 500 kilogram beast. You know? Yeah, there's a huge difference between the first artworks and the most recent ones. I mean, if you look at her first artwork, it's probably about 30 centimeters by 40 centimeters. And she's just completed a three and a half meter painting mm -hmm. that's about a meter high. So it's not just about the size, it's also the quality of the artworks. Her early works are very... I would say primitive looking, almost like a young child, you know, painting for the first time. And if you look at her artworks now, there is a lot of sophistication, a lot of development. Um, and I think that the reason, one of those three reasons I was talking about earlier as to why she commands those price for those artworks is because the art is very good. And that's just not, that might sound a bit subjective, but when people come to meet Picasso in the barn, there's always two things that pop out of their mouth first. One is they can't believe how big she is because <laughs> Picasso is she like, is she's a torpedo. She's huge. And the second thing is they look at the art and they go, wow, it's like really good. You know, it's not just like the fact that it sells because just a pig made a mess on a, on a canvas. These are sophisticated artworks. If you look at some of her works like a Penguin and you compare it to Pablo Picasso's Penguin, they are almost identical. And when people are asked to guess who did which Penguin, most of the times visitors say that Pablo Picasso did the one that pig Picasso <laughs> did. And that's a testament to the quality yeah. of her art. And the reason why, you know, we sit now seven years later with her with these wonderful records, yeah, which is just a wonderful thing. Let's move on to the third bucket, for which I thought we'll do the, the completely expected. And I want to read you something. You know, I was the third part is this idea of being an animal activist. You know, my sister, I remember, who was also, she loves, she's very very much been a protector of animal rights over the years. And when she, she read the book and she said to me, yeah, but Joe's not an animal activist. She's more like just giving a voice to animals that don't have a voice, which I think is quite a cool way of thinking about it. Um, certainly the, what I've seen at the sanctuary and your messaging is all very much about that to me. So I wanted to ask you about the, you know, what is the intent behind everything? Like, what is your actual intent? And 
I just got to find it here quickly. This was one of the pieces of the book that I, I love this. I love this idea, and I think it's worth reading. Um, it's the only thing we'll read from the book today. But I wanted to read this little this piece, which is in uh, quite near towards the back of the book, where we're starting to try and kind of answer this question: like, what is the? It's it's there's a sense of fun. Yeah, I've got a Picasso. I got a painting of a pig hanging on the wall. But like, what is the real meaning behind it? Um, and this is what, what you wrote. You said the why behind everything we do seeds a meaningful narrative and owns it. Every single Picasso is a conversation piece. Picture the scene. You're at a dinner party and conversation shifts to a painting on the wall. You recognize it from your art class in high school. It's girl with a pearl earring. And your host doesn't miss an opportunity to make sure that everyone knows it's the original. More than 350 years of history is watching starters being served. You can't believe it. You're sitting next to Johannes Vermeer. Your mind races to conclusions. Your host is filthy rich. You may be out of your league. Whatever you do, don't touch anything. You overcompensate, play it too cool, make a silly comment about her lipstick color, recover by asking how they acquired the masterpiece, and then have another sip of Chateau de whatever. <laughs> ah, thank goodness, mains are served. It's roast pork. And the conversation turns to skiing holidays. The next morning, when the hangover subsides, you know you've had dinner with an original Vermeer, but it's not much different from seeing the Eiffel Tower for the first time, or the time when Tom Cruise had dinner next to you in the Schnitzel Bar in Berlin. Just another anecdote in the diary of your life. You grab a flat white and hit the start button on another day. Now consider you go to the same dinner party, and the host points to the wall and says, that, my friends, is an original Picasso. Doesn't look like a typical Cubist masterpiece, you think, and you say so. He repeats himself a little slower. It's a pig... Casso, the table raises a collective eyebrow. Come again? That artwork was painted by a pig? Impossible. And I think that's kind of to me what your, what it feels to me like that's actually what you're trying to achieve. Is that a fair summation? Well, there's so much to say about that. I love that. I love that part of the book. It's um, it's a wonderful, beautifully written. Brad, oh, that well paper. done, but, you. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, there's so much to say about it. I think with exactly as that paragraph is saying, if you look at a, you know, art supposed to have, I think art should be making a statement in the first thing. So when you're looking at an original Picasso, there's, there's a lot of things to say. One is, yeah, it's an incredible, incredibly unique piece by a pig. It's also has a message behind it to look at uh, who painted that and what the purpose behind that artwork was. And then I think the third thing to say is that, you know, whoever purchased that is actually made a donation to a really cool project that's actually making the world a better place, which is far more than Girl with the Pearl Earring would do. Arvid, mm. Obviously, there's, it, it costs a lot. So, And I think that is the reason why why her artworks have done so well. I also say it's either people love the art, uh, secondly, they love animals and they want to support the project, or they really think that one day it's going to be worth a lot more, possibly, let's hope, more than Girl with the Pearl Earring. So... <laughs> Yeah, there's, so there's a lot of reasons for that. But I think also at the end of the day, um, this whole project was inspired, of course, to a rebel with a cause, was to shake the, the whole art industry. But it was also really just to inspire people to look at farm animals differently. Um, as you mentioned, it was, it was never showing a lot of depressing footage of farm animals and how they are raised does not inspire anyone. They actually run away mm. from all of that. And in fact, even that kind of stuff for me is very hard to look at. So, you know, if I can't look at it, how do I expect the average person to be inspired to change their ways by looking at it? And this was just a different way to bring people in. I have people coming into the barn asking me why she's, why she's painting and where did she come from? And I'm thinking, what an unbelievable opportunity that people are actually coming in here. They, they might eat, uh, eat animals or not. 
and asking me to give them that answer. Incredible opportunity. And that is why, even if I'm busy, if somebody, if there's some kids come in or some parents come in, it's just, I mean, uh, that's what I've done this for. And what an opportunity and incredible gift to be in a position to share that message that people actually want to come and listen to and not run away from. And it's just a different way to market saying that, that of course, I really care about. And, um, and who better to champion this cause than actually a pig that comes from that condition? Um, and also, you know, just Picasso would have been sorted at six months of age. And now almost eight years of age, she has sold artworks all over the world. Mm. I think I've, I fail to think of a, a greater rags to riches tale than Picasso's <laughs> journey from that little, a horrible place in the, down in the southern part of Africa to where she's actually, where her artworks are hanging now. It's just, it's been an incredible journey, a testament to her intelligence, her creativity and, and the project. And a really good manager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's uh, wrap it up with just a thought about the book itself. We, this, so the book was originally published in the UK. It gets released in America before the end of the year. But you've been having a bit of a whirlwind time of date because you, you've have you just come back from a massive gallery showing in China of all places, like the biggest pork eating <laughs> country in the world. <laughs> yeah, what an incredible exhibition! It's in Shanghai. It runs for three months. World class exhibition. Um, yeah, we opened that, and we of course uh, two years ago we had an exhibition in Amsterdam, and we actually in London uh, with a small exhibition in December. So Picasso definitely gets around. Mm. Unfortunately, she's way too big to travel. She's also not legally allowed in out of off the African continent. The industry does not look at Picasso as an exception to the to the rule of of swine flu and all those nasty things that are uh, kind of running around these days. Um, some great things have ha are happening with her and continue to happen. And the book launch in London was early September. We had a great gathering in London. Uh, we hope that it does very well in the States as well later this year. And the good news is it's available right here in South Africa just before Christmas. Um, I think that's it. Let's, uh, let's wrap it up. Anything else you want to say to everybody before we uh, let them rush out and get a copy of Picasso and read the whole story for themselves? Well, yeah, if they go out and buy a book and they're in the Western Cape, why don't they pop into Farm Sanctuary Essay? I'd be more than happy yeah. to get Picasso to sign it if she's not sleeping or snoring <laughs> or drowning in the mud somewhere. And yeah, come and get a photograph with her and um, enjoy the sanctuary and be inspired to to read more, to create more and to um, be part of a kind of more sustainable world for everyone. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us here on PageCast. Nice chatting to you. Um, and everybody out there listening, remember that Picasso, the painting pig that saved the sanctuary by Joanne Lefson, is distributed here in South Africa by Jonathan Ball Publishers, and it's available at all good bookstores, both bricks and mortar type, um, and those online. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of PageCast. We love hearing from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, please contact us at pagecastpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, keep reading and listening.